Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast from Discovery Church. Our hope is that this message would help you seek truth and find purpose. If you would like to know more about Discovery Church, please check us out online at mydiscoverychurch.ca. With that said, let's go to this week's message. So, so, so good. We're right in the middle of a series called Well Dwellers. And uh, we're just sort of taking four characters in the Bible and, uh, that had encounters at wells and seeing how it sort of changed your lives. And uh, as I've been researching about these characters, about these Bible characters, I've, I'm continually reminded that no matter what era people live in, no matter if they have an iPhone or a Blackberry, no matter if they wore sandals or boots, or if they, um, they had long hair, long, hair, long hair or beards, no matter what era, if you were ever a human, which you are, and if every human that ever existed, and every human that will ever come into existence, some of it, we, we all deal with some of the same Stuff. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. And, and I'm continually reminded as I look into these, these four specific characters uh, that, that there are things in their lives that even thousands of years ago are things that we deal with today. Like two weeks ago, we talked about the woman at the well and how Jesus came, came to uh, meet her in, in, her, in one of her lowest moments, that she was, she was dying to be loved. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. She was, she was looking for acceptance. And, and, and we came to realize that, that humans, no matter what, we, need, we have a deep desire to be loved. And most of us, I would say all of us, at some point in our life, lives would do anything just to feel the love. But the reality of it is, is that no matter what you pursue, is if it's other than Jesus Christ, to, to try to find that acceptance and that love, it will always fall short. Even the best marriage in the world, there are times that, that, that you, you, you know that they will love you, but you won't feel loved by them. It's crazy. But Jesus, no matter what, his love will never fail. And last week we looked at Moses and I was reminded last week that, that every human, that we're all probably here, that we have mess ups and there's things that we're not proud of. We looked at Moses and Moses was a murderer and he was fleeing for his life. But even in the middle of his fleeing, God met him and destined him for greatness. I don't think many of us are probably murderers here today other than probably of an ant or um, a cat. I don't like cats, but I would never go that far, okay? Uh, but, but, like, seriously, God, God meets us in the middle of our crap and says, I want you. And so many times that we disqualify ourselves because we think that God's disqualified us, but God has never disqualified us. God has never pulled us out of the game. But many times we're like, coach, coach, I'm done. I don't want to take the last shot. I've rolled my ankle. But Jesus is like, no, go on in. We, like, I've set you up for greatness. And so many times we disqualify ourselves, but God doesn't disqualify us even in the middle of our stuff. And today, um, as we look at this next character, I was reminded of this truth. Is that with God on our side, losing is not even a possibility. That with God on our side, losing is, is, is not even in the equation. I love what Joel says. Joel leads our, uh, he's playing guitar this morning. He leads our, our prayer time and our huddle at the beginning of, of our services at 9.15 every week. And, and many times he, he would say, it's like, isn't it so good to know that you're on the winning side of victory? It's so, like, that is good. It, we, it is, we know that we're on the winning side of victory. And, and today, as we look at this next character, uh, is it, I think it illustrates for us 
that we're on the winning side of victory. But I think he puts a, a principle into play that we can learn from today. And it's the story of Gideon. And this is the one thing. You have found a little sheet. If you, like, take notes, we kind of have little note cards there say one thing, one takeaway. This would be the one takeaway to put on your fridge. And, and this, is it, this is it. That fear paralyzes us, but faith propels us. That fear paralyzes us, but faith propels us. And you might know the story of Gideon a little bit if you're here and you've read it and you're like, but you're doing well, dwellers. Let me, let me bring, this, bring this around a little bit. His story is found in the book of Judges, two, two, uh, two chapters in the Old Testament chapter, or Judges 6 to 8. And uh, a few weeks ago, I, I, I threw a definition up on the screen of what a, a well is. And typically wells are used to uh, hold water. But in that definition, I said, I said, a well is an excavation or structure created in the ground by digging. And uh, we, we come to look at the story of Gideon, and Gideon is actually hiding in a wine press. And in those days, it was, it was an excavation in the ground, uh, most likely, that was used to, for like stepping on grapes and pressing out wine. Uh, and we, we come to find Gideon hiding in a wine press, uh, threshing wheat. And he's, he's, hob- he's in the wine press because he's fearful of the Midianites. Now, at that time, the Israelites and Gideon and his tribe were all persecuted by the Midianites. I'm not sure if they were enslaved or not. Uh, almost seems like every time we talk about the Israelites, they're slaves, but um, maybe no longer slaves is a, is a good song. Um, but we, we find Gideon hiding out in this wine press in fear for his life. Because the Midianites would, what, what, the Bible says that any time that, that, that Gideon and his tribe would like grow wheat or grow crops or have ox or have sheep, they would come in like locusts and destroy it. So here's Midian hiding out, or here's Gideon hiding out in a wine press, threshing wheat. And I want us to pick it up in Judges chapter 6. And I want to I read it. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. And it's going to come up on the screen. It says, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree. I don't know if that's how you say it. I was going to leave it out, but I don't want to leave out things in the Bible. So I'm sure it's important. The terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belongs, belonged to Joash, the Eberzite. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midians. We see Gideon hiding in this wine press because he was afraid of the Midianites. Fear will paralyze us, but faith will propel us. Then it goes on to say, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. How many times have you ever felt in your lowest moment and you read something in the Bible, you mighty man of valor, and you sort of chuckled? I can sort of picture Gideon hiding out, literally, threshing wheat in in a wine press, and the angel of the Lord coming saying, You mighty man of valor. And he's like, What? And it's like, he's hiding out. It's like, in your, in your weakest moment, and when you're like trying to hide, God comes and says, I still got you. I still have a plan for you. And you're like, not me, God. And, and we continue reading, and it says, Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord was with us, why then has, 
uh, all this happened to us? And where are his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in, the might of, uh, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, look at this, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least of the father's house. Here we we have um, Midian, or Gideon, not Midian, Gideon, fearful. I don't know if you've ever been in a place of fear and God asks you to do something, and your very first response, and many times my very first response, is to try to make excuses of why I can't do something, because God, I'm afraid. Oh, you mighty man of valor. Well, God, I don't know if I could do that. It was just over a year ago. <laughs> it's so cool that how God like, sees this stuff. Because it wasn't a year ago. A year ago, I didn't plan on speaking a message today at a church in Nellie Carlson High School. It was just a thought. It was a year ago that we started. We just started our training of saying we want a church plant. We don't know when. We we have an estimated time. We don't know where. We don't know any school. We had nothing. We never like we we literally just resigned from our jobs. And there were many times, many nights, many times of prayer. God, I can't do this. What if nobody shows up? And it's like me, my wife, and my kids don't even want to be there, right? <laughs> But, but God, we, but we, we need money to, to make this happen, to rent a facility and, and to buy equipment and, and to have projectors and chairs. God, what if nobody gives? I don't have the money. What if, what if, what if? And in my fear, I try to create excuses. But I don't know if you've ever been in a place. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're, you're just always, as soon as God speaks, you act. Great on you. Teach me a lesson, please. But not all the time when God speaks do I, I want to act. And, but sometimes it takes me a while to warm up to, uh, to quick obedience. I'm praying that God will help me get to the point of being quickly obedient. But I try to make excuses. And here Gideon is trying to make excuses. God has a plan for him. He makes excuses. I, I'm the weakest of the weakest, God. And I try to make excuses. God, all I know is being a youth pastor. All I know is how to strum four chords on a guitar. What if I got to lead worship every week? God, I, I'm not even, I don't even read my Bible as, as much as I should. And my prayer life, well, that sometimes just is horrible. The mighty man of valor. Have you ever been in a place where you, you try to throw out all these excuses to God? And God and you, I kind of feel like God's just like, can I talk, please? Can I just, can I say something? And you're like, blah, 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 blah. and you're just like, okay, are you done? No, not done yet. Because you know what? My foot hurts too. And there's no way that I can walk around if my foot hurts. Are you done yet? I think so. Can I say it all in Spanish? I'll learn French just to complain. That wasn't a French joke. I apologize. That was not my notes. So many times we try to reason in our fear, but then it goes on in verse 16. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, if I know I have found... 
if now I have found favor and I can kind of, if this was a movie, I could kind of picture it would be like Rocky and the lights would come on and the eye of the tiger would start, start playing. Doo, 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 doo. I, I don't know what eye of the tiger, I just know it's a song that's really popular and I can't remember how it goes. But I can sort of, sort of feel this fear and these excuses and he's, he's, he's throwing out fear and he's starting to give up on excuses and all of a sudden he's starting to step into the, to what God has actually called him, uh, called him for. And he, and he says this, if now I have found favor in, the, in your sight, then show me a sign that is you who walk with me. And you go on and you see that he's a sign. Then down in verse 23, it says this. Then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Gideon hid out in a wine press, threshing wheat. Threshing wheat, if, if you know anything about the, how you would thresh wheat in those days, you would either like take the wheat in your hand, you would throw it into the air, and the wind would take away the chafe, and the, and the wheat would fall down. But if you were in a wine press, there's like no wind because you're hiding out in the ground. So here we have Gideon willing to like work four times, five times as hard to get wheat because he was fearful of the Midianites. And he was stagnant. He was paralyzed in his fear. God had, him, had, a, had a destiny for him that only he could, he could fulfill. And he had a destiny. He came and said, mighty man of valor. And I can, again, say, I'm sure. Did I, wait, no, did I hear that right? Mighty man of valor. God came to him in his fear. And I realized that fear is a real emotion. But it's how we react to our fear that will paralyze us. And so many times in, in, our, in our fear, we just want to stay and we want to burrow in. But God has designed us for destiny and it's up to us to choose to walk in faith. It's up to me to choose to walk in faith. It's up to Discovery Church to walk in faith. That's why we're, we're renting the rec room at South Edmonton Commons. Because we believe that God is going to reach people through us creating another avenue for people to hear, uh, hear the good news of Jesus. Did it cost lots of money? Yeah, and it's still costing lots of money. Do we, are we sure people are going to show up? No, we're not sure. But we can stay in our fear and say, God, how, like, we can't afford that. Or, or what if no one shows up and this is just another event for all Christians. And God, we want people to come to you. But you got to step out in faith. We can be paralyzed by our fear or we, we can be propelled by our faith. It is good. You can, we'll try that again. You can be paralyzed by your fear or you can be propelled by your faith. That's better, yeah. See, God's calling us from our place of hiding into a place of victory. It's good to be on this side of victory. It's good to be on the winning side of victory. You don't see somebody win an Olympic medal and not stand on the podium and raise their hands in the air and say, yes, I am number one. You don't see them go and hide into a well. And Jesus is number one. God is number one, but he's represented in our lives. And we should stand in a place that tells people that we are serving somebody that can change your life for the better and make you designed for destiny. So I have a question for us this morning. Where in our lives 
Are we living in fear and not faith? Maybe you're living in fear of relationships. We believe that that a relationship with God is important, but we also believe that having relationships with other people, close relationships where we could be accountable, we can do life together uh, is important. And maybe in the past you've been hurt by a best friend or a parent or somebody that you've really trusted or that you've really loved. And today you live in fear of getting close to anybody because you're afraid that will happen again. And a few weeks ago, we launched, uh, we launched discovery groups and you may have signed up for one because you were inspired to be like, I'm going to get back into relationships with people where I can be accountable. I can, be, I can come close to them. I can share my, my needs and my struggles and, I, and, re, and vice versa. But up to this point, you haven't gotten to one because you're afraid that the same thing in, as in your last relationship will happen in this one. Maybe you're fearful in your finances This is always like, <gasps> maybe you're like, man, I, I, can't, I can't live on 100% of what I make, let alone give some away to a, to a church or to Discovery Church or to some, some organization or, or buy somebody a meal when I'm out and when I feel that the Holy Spirit is telling me to bless somebody. I can't even do that because I'm afraid that if I do that, my light bill won't get paid or, or my mortgage won't get paid. And you live in fear in your finances. But God is calling us to step out in faith because faith will propel us. And I can say this specifically for my my wife and I, is that we have an easier time living on 90% of our income than we do on 100% of our income. When we we learn uh, to trust God with our money, weird things would start happening, literally. We would, we would be like, I don't, I don't we, we need Pampers. We don't know if we have a, enough money to get as many Pampers as we want. We'd walk into a superstore and, and Pampers would be half price. Pamp, pampers are never half price. People know that you need Pampers. We would walk in and they'd be like randomly sitting on a, like a, a crate with like a, an on, like unforeseen price. And we're like, is this right? And somebody say, yeah, okay. We're like taking the whole thing home. Or we would go gas up our, our, our vehicle and it wouldn't be a dollar twenty-five a liter, it'd be down to 97 cents that day. Or, or when we, I, I remember the, probably one of the very first times, and I don't want to get into the story very much, but God really pressed on our heart to, to give a significant amount of money to, to somebody that we felt really needed it. And it was tough for us. But not three months later, randomness, <laughs> we end up being on a game show and win a free car. Like, come on. Like, and honestly, when, as soon as we, we, we like, as soon as we win, win this, I'm like, it's not like, oh, it's like it's a celebration, but God quickly brought me back to a point where I trusted him and I have faith to believe him for all my provision. It's crazy. Maybe you're living in fear of your finances today. I'm actually going to call the rest of the band back up as well. Maybe you live in fear of Jesus. Maybe you live in fear of witnessing. 
If you were to be honest with yourself, most of your coworkers, most of your friends, most of your, your, uh, your maybe even your family, you might have been sneaking away every Sunday morning to kind of come to the Discovery Church and you tell your mom and dad, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to go to the gym. I, and you've been like coming in here and like you go back home and you're like bringing in your gym bag and you're, fear to, you're, you're fearful of, of Jesus. You're, fear, you're fearful to witness because you don't know what people will think of you. And I get it. I remember uh, when I was 20 years old going to Fort McMurray and working in the oil fields and I said, you know what, I'm gonna tell people right away that I'm a follower of Jesus and that I'm a Christian and people made fun of me. And it wasn't that much, it wasn't that great. But you know what was really cool? Is that within three or four months, the, uh, me being a lonely first year apprentice, guess who was starting to respect me? Supervisors, site managers would, would come to me to ask me to pray for them and their family in their lunchrooms, in, in, the, in the locker rooms, because I have faith to stand in a place and say, God, I am not going to be ashamed of you. And maybe you're here today and you think about Easter at the wreck and you, you think about all these people you want to invite. And you have the invites in your pockets, but you're afraid. Fear will paralyze us. Faith will propel us. This is what I'd like us to do this morning. We're gonna sing No Longer Slaves. And in response to, to the word, in, in response to what we heard today, we can, we can either decide, we, we can decide to stay in our fear. Fear is a real feeling, but the action of fear is our choice. Or we can step into faith. And I just touched on three, three things. Maybe you're somewhere else in your life that there's, there's fear that is controlling you. That fear is paralyzing you. Fear, fear is keeping you stagnant. But in response, saying, God, I'm not going to let fear paralyze me any longer. I want to step out in faith. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's message from Discovery Church. If this ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please email us at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's message from Discovery Church. If this ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Please email us at info at mydiscoverychurch.ca.